Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome back for another episode of Kingdom Conversations. If you are driving, hold on to your steering wheel. And if you are sitting, hold on to your seat because I have three women who not only do they have amazing testimonies, they are just super, super fun. I'm going to go around the table and ask them to introduce themselves to you tonight. And I'm going to start to my left. Would you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your family and then tell us what did you used to do for a living? My name is Marjorie Harper, and um, my family, I have a wonderful husband and two beautiful children. And um, living, I have really, for a living, I've done many things, but I would say the majority of my career is in fashion. Uh, um, but I have an herbalist certification. <laughs> know I'm that. a certified herbalist by trade, but um, and a I master or I had a business administration degree. Oh, I'm so glad you're here tonight. We're Thank looking you. forward to hearing how God is going to speak Thank to you. you. And then I'm going to move to our next fun, sweet, amazing guest. Hi, I am Ashley Brown, and I am married to Nathan Brown. We have three kiddos. Jacob, 14, Jackson, 12, and Colin, 6. Um, and I was an elementary education teacher for over 10 years and now a home stager. That's amazing. So, a home stager. Yes, super you fun. make things beautiful. I, yeah. I get to shop for fun and decorate other people's houses. That's awesome. So, yes, it is fun. It yeah. Is fun. I need to have you over. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little sweatier than glam. Marjorie's old job, but yes, yeah, fun. That is awesome. And then finally, my third guest is a longtime friend. I'm Kim Trujillo, and I'm married to Mark, and we have four kids. Um, Caitlin, Kayla, Maddie, and Rylan, and I've been a homeschool mom for a long time and worked with Classical Conversations for many years and do billing for a local electrical company. It's awesome. Well, we are here tonight because we want to talk about how we got to see Jesus in Genesis and God moments and God nuggets as we are learning all about the story of Joseph. And... Um, we're going to have to use self-control because there were so many amazing things to take away. But what I love about reading God's Word is that it's alive and active, right? And it's not just to read contextually for a history lesson. It's so that we can become doers and not just hearers. So I'm going to ask you guys, and we're just asking the Holy Spirit as you're speaking to speak through you. Maybe there's somebody listening tonight and they want to be encouraged. And so when you are referring to scripture, will you make sure you put addresses in there because we always want to make sure that you're not just hearing our opinions or our verse. We want you to be able to go and check it out for yourself. And so um, I am going to start by asking um, Ashley to kick us off. Ashley, how did you come to join Salt and Light? And tell me about why God has you leading your own small group because you have a very unique small group. We do. There are a few. I don't know now how many mom groups there are. So many. Um, lots of moms are moms in other groups, but I mean with babies. Um, so I, 
we started coming to Faith Covenant like three years ago, maybe now. And so I had been doing another local Bible study for years, and I just felt like I wanted to dive in, all in. So I joined Salt and Light, and um, really just to meet other women in the church, because yeah. how do you meet other moms? You know, you're coming and going, and it's kind of chaotic on a Sunday morning. And so I just wanted that small group. And I will tell you, Mary, the first time I opened my book, I had my workbook with me. And this is a funny story. We we were at a job, my business partner and I, and she was like, you're studying Revelations? Because she saw my book in the cart. And I said, yes, I just picked up my workbook. And she was like, oh, I want to see it. And so we opened it together at the same time. And I went, it's blank. There were no prompt questions there were no and I thought oh oh lord what what are you gonna fill this with and it was such a step in faith for me who is used to read your bible yes. here's your question give me the answer yes. and um not good or bad I mean it's all studying the bible but it was outlined for me and this was such a step of faith mm -hmm. to say it's you and me god you better show up because yeah. I yeah I, I need you to fill in these blanks. So it was it was super fun um, and fell in love with the study after two <laughs> yeah. days of doing yeah. it. Um, and yes, I am now leading. I don't know why I'm leading. <laughs> I, I, told, why. <laughs> I told you before. It um, And it's, it's going to make me cry thinking about it. Is that allowed? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't feel equipped, and I feel like it's such a privilege yeah. um, to, I mean, we're meeting in my home, um, just because a lot of us like the AC, we're a little prima donna, and <laughs> almost all of our my group is nursing yeah. um, mamas, and just to let them come yeah. in and have their coffee and um, study the Word of God together, I just look around and think, yeah. This is this is what it's made of. Like I don't mm -hmm. I don't know that I could have packed up all three of my little babies and gotten somewhere on time, mostly on time. We're not always on, but to study God's word and they're showing up week after week after week. Yes. And it's a priority for them and they're craving it and they're going real and there was no time for surface talk. Yeah. I mean, they dove in from yeah. day one. Yeah. Um, isn't God's word amazing? And especially when you're in that season with little ones yes. and we can't show it here tonight, but Ashley actually sent me a picture and it was hysterical. It is moms walking through the doors. They're like, the babies are clinging mm -hmm. to the necks. Mm -hmm. They're upside down being held yes. by a foot. They're, they're, she heard, was nursing one oh, while yep. carrying the others. Yep. Yes. And then I heard that they were like hanging from the, um, Oh, they climbed like the outside of the banister. It's my favorite. I can't even tell you. Um, I hope. Rachel's listening to this because she she wanted to die one week. She um, her sweet little daughter like opened the whole china cabinet and was setting up a tea party for everyone. And we look over and she's balancing like twelve plates, six in oh, each hand, oh and it it was really actually incredible. Yes, and she sure. set the table beautifully. But um, oh they it, it's just I don't I don't know how to put it. God ordained. Yeah, I'm telling right. you, amen. The yeah. women that show up. I just gotta encourage you to his yeah. handiwork. Yeah. It just and that's blows why we're me away because we're being ministered week. to as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as leaders. That's usually what it is. It's that's God what it wants is. you to be. They are pouring to. into me, yeah. and I just cross my fingers at the end of each study, mm -hmm. and I'm like, 
don't call me Mary to tell me I can't be a leader anymore. No. <laughs> I'm so thankful I'm that you're a leader. And what it. I love is that um, your response is very typical that when you see the blank pages, because really what it has is scripture to read. Mm-hmm. We're training one another to be self-feeding Christians, mm-hmm. that the word is enough. I don't want you to take away what God showed me. I want to hear what he showed you. Okay. So you get to go right to the Father. And I had never heard that term before, yeah. and I love it. Yeah. And you're helping us really like hone in on that small, still voice from the Holy yeah. Spirit to ponder, to like, you know, lean on that versus our own voices. So that yeah. self-feeding part is like, yeah. it's just powerful. And in this busy world, it is so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used yeah. to be one of those people that would be fed more from church and service. Mm-hmm. But I can honestly say, not that I like to miss Kevin's sermons, it's not, I'm not reliant on that. Yeah. It's my daily quiet time that's yeah. feeding me my You know my that Kevin would love that you said that, right? Mm-hmm. He would? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. He yeah. said that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't rely on you, Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I love you. I love you. <laughs> well, because what he said is, he said, he should be the the gravy that's coming in the icing right. i guess is the better word right. he wants people in the word all week long because you can't just eat once a week right. and be spiritually nourished oh, and fall. fed <laughs> yeah so um tell me a little bit about your group marjorie you're on so i'm with ashley's sister andrea and she's my neighbor so that's awesome and um it's been great i mean i did help lead uh, gosh, like one of the first seasons that you I did. was in mm-hmm. Salt and Lake. Esther, right? I yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. And then just overwhelmed with, you know, some of the things going on in my life. So I stepped back, but I let Steve then lead, which has been awesome. And he is an him. amazing man. He's been leader. really mm-hmm. great. So, um, but now it just feels natural to come back in and, and help and encourage Andrea. She's a natural She's and you, I'm sure, so are an absolute natural. You know, um, so it's an honor. It's an honor to be in that class. And I was actually in a great um, class before that with older women that truly I think God put in my life, like as a tribe to step in where my mom's not really right now. So he's really, he really ministered to me there. But now I feel like I'm in the season where I can actually like be an encouragement to new believers or younger believers so it's really it's great it's feeding me to just be like to see the excitement of people learning from the word and um that is so one of your gifts marjorie is you are a spiritual encourager how about you kim tell us about your group you meet on um we meet thursday mornings and i have uh, a lot of older ladies in my group which to me is the biggest blessing because i've always been one of the oldest in all the churches that i've been a part of since becoming a believer so it's the first time that i've really had older women that i can learn from um, and so they're just such a gift to me yeah yeah i love that so Marjorie, will you kick us off? If So we're reading through um, the book of Genesis. We keep joking. I'm just going to be real on this podcast. The very first time we had to re-film um, it because I kept saying the book of Joseph. <laughs> there is no book of Joseph. Mary? Yes. We didn't want to scare people away. So the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph. And so we are currently reading through um, the story of Joseph. We just did the younger years. We're going to come back and do the older years. And so we got to see him in the beginning as a 17-year-old boy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of 17-year-old Joseph? What do you remember? You know, 
I thought maybe not with much tact because yes. he was, you know, he was the favorite and he knew it. Um, but, you know, he was always, you know, authentic to what God was speaking through him. And, and But I think, you know, there probably was a lack of tact to yeah. be sensitive to maybe the jealousy or right. feeling mm-hmm. second fiddle. I get the feeling person. like, read the room, man. Right, like, exactly. They exactly. already don't like you. Right. You're not helping Tread yourself. Lightly. Yes, come They're on. Bold, and you're going to bow down to me. Right, right. right. Did so you need well. to add that? Yeah, right. no, no. Right. Yeah. It was, it was difficult to... Yeah. Anything you would add to that? What are, what's a takeaway, Kim, you have of Joseph in general as you get mm. to watch his character roll I mean, out? I think that as a younger kid where we saw him, I think um, pride was definitely an area that he, you know, seemed to battle with. And I think um, we see, you know, he gets thrown into a pit and then sold to slavery and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. His story goes on and it's adversity after adversity. And I think his humble heart is what seems to be, it just comes through over and over again in a steadiness of humility. And I think, um, I mean, my greatest takeaway from Joseph was um, if you, the section in Genesis 39 where um, it says, Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And I think what I learned from that was he didn't say, how could I sin against my master? He said, how could I sin against God? And so he knew his position and he knew his master had entrusted him, but he was not living for God, for um, his master. He was living for God. And I think he goes on many different times from there on and it's just so clear that his obedience and his um, what he's doing things for is not for the people around him, not for himself, but it's purely for God. And I think that relationship that he has with the Lord comes from humility because he couldn't have that so, yeah. if he didn't have the humility. And so I think, um, so my greatest takeaway is definitely to have that close relationship with the Lord and to let him lead me and to live for him and not for, you know, doing the right thing for this scenario or for this person or trying to honor, you know, this person or raise this kid in a way that's, you know, for whatever reason, I think it's just like, what's God asking me to do and how can I glorify God through, you know, the little things, the big things, um, and not be focused on the people around me as, because the Lord, if the Lord is the one leading me, then it's going to be, it's going to honor the people around me. He's not going to lead me to slander them. Um, And so it'll accomplish both. I love the reason I asked Kim to be here tonight was she was sharing at our leaders meeting on Saturday. And I thought this is such a great lesson for all of us is that Joseph cared more about God in the low things. Like even when he was in jail or um, when he was being um, accused falsely, but he also honored, he did it for God when he was at the highest rate overseeing all of Egypt. He never got caught up in um, the pride or boastfulness or man's acclaim. Right. And I thought, Even the section where um, he goes to interpret Pharaoh's dream 
And you know, he, he's been in jail. He gets called to go interpret Pharaoh's dream. No one else in the land could interpret this dream. He gives this interpretation, but he immediately credits God with yes. it. He yeah. doesn't ever, and like, you know, if he takes credit for himself, then he sees a ticket out of jail, mm-hmm. but he just doesn't seem to care about that. He cares more that God gets the credit for the interpretation and not himself. Um, and ultimately, you know, he does get his freedom there, but um, I think he didn't go in there with his freedom being at stake as much yeah. as his relationship with God mattered more. Yeah. One of the um, guys that might have been Joe Sango, so mm-hmm. your brother-in-law, um, was sharing, and I thought this was really good. He was saying that that if Joseph had been released from prison when the cupbearer had said that he would release him, he would have just faded into the culture. But God's timing, he, do you notice it says he waited two long years? And I'm imagining, imagine like how easy that would have been to be so infected, like that he forgot me, I helped him, right. but he didn't. You know why he didn't? Somebody else said this, because he had a relationship with God. He wasn't keeping a record of wrongs. He had a relationship with God. But at the time that he was released, Pharaoh had a need of him. Had he come out earlier, Pharaoh would have not needed him. But Pharaoh had to go to the magicians. He had to go to the sorcerers. He'd gone to all the wise men. and, And this world could not solve his dilemma. And then here comes Joseph. And like Kim said, he's like, I'm not interpreting this dream. God is interpreting this dream. So God's perfect timing in those ways. How about you, Ashley? What was like an aha? Oh, my favorite was... um week eight, day four in Genesis 42, 24, um, where it said he turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. And to me, that was just my favorite moment, the entire study. There were a lot of nuggets along the way and words that stuck stuck out to me. But um, I think I shared with you the other day, it just... It showed me the Lord's kindness and graciousness in the life of Joseph, who this 17-year-old kid who, as we said, didn't have a lot of tact, um, might not have been as humble as he matures to be, but that 20-plus years later, I didn't do the exact math, after being like rejected by his family and hurt and sold into slavery, Joseph still needed time to weep. So those wounds ran so deep um, that the Lord wanted to remind us of that, which was so gracious to include that in there, that, um, yes, he took his time to weep when he saw his brothers and they were right in front of him, and then he came back out and still executed what we can imagine is the plan that God had given to him um, in, you know, keeping a brother and throwing one in jail, but just it showed that strong human side to Joseph. So he wasn't just this like awesome guy that rejected um, Potiphar's wife. wife and yeah. then, he was you always know, so became the man yes. in jail yeah. and was in charge of all the other right. prisoners yes. and um, interpreted dreams like he was, it, it showed his, his humanity. Yeah. His um, humanity. Yeah. So. I do love that part too, because think of that part was not a part of the story. It's just like you said. It would think, wow, who could ever live up 
in the human form right, to Joseph. Yeah. But God wanted to make sure we saw there was the human side. That pain was in there. Mm-hmm. I loved that he named his, um, his mm-hmm. firstborn that I would f- f- about forgetful right. of all of his mm-hmm. family pain. Mm-hmm. And the next one was fruitful. So we were like comparing and contrasting that, but you know what? He was able to, and, and can't we all do this? Like when we have our new families, we want to make them everything that we think we didn't have or that Mm. we did have, we want to pass on. God gave him a resting place as he was having his sons, but at the end, he still chose reconciliation Mm -hmm. with those brothers. Like that was a true story. And part of me also loved that, like, I always thought I was a better teacher after I had my own children or, you know, Mm -hmm. I just thought the Lord waited till he was a husband, till he was a father. So he saw it from the perspective of, you know, his, his children had probably fought at some point, you know, and as toddlers or, so he was seeing it from a different perspective, perspective 20 plus years later. Yeah. True. So true. I don't ever want to look back. We were joking in our group today, like in my thirties, I was reading parenting books oh. and I just thought, Oh, let me help you with the parenting. <laughs> yes. And then my kids got older. I'm like, never mind. Marjorie, how about you? Well, I mean, just, you know, touching on that, I really, for me, it was very personal to see the humbling. It, it, it you know, you don't really see it spelled out. In fact, my husband, you know, took Joseph for, oh, he was always so loyal and we remain and, you know, had him sort of up on a pedestal. Um, But I guess being more emotional and having a period in my life where I was humbled and I was saved from myself, um, that that humility is really a backbone to accept grace in your wretched state and to issue out grace. And I think that's just so important to go through, to be sifted, to be tested. I mean, as disciples, we're always going to be tested. And you see in his lifespan, again, probably Mm -hmm. really cocky that that pit, those pits, Mm -hmm. those constant pits that he was in was the Lord sifting and really bringing out his dependence on him, but there, I'm sure there was a point in time where he would look back and maybe be convicted at some of his past actions, um, but still always faithful to keep hope, you know, on the Lord. Yes. And you see that paying off. Paying off. I think it's um, John. Oh gosh, is it 15:7? It's basically where you know, um, where you know, if your words abide in me. Mm-hmm. And if your words, if your words abide in me and, you know, you stay close to me that what you desire, you know, I will, I will make happen. And that really just points to just when you're spirit led, when you're, when you are led by the Lord, that your prayers and what you desire yes. line up with the Lord. Yeah. But you kind of see that in his life of that he had to go through those valleys. In fact, that kind of goes to my big takeaway, which was really like when you look at the pits he was in, the actual cistern, and then the jail, when later you see that, you know, he is the keeper of all of this grain. Well, if you really research how they stored the granary back then, it was in these pits in the ground. And so I saw the poetry of like, Mm. you know, you can be on mountaintops and like, 
it's just barren, but you're on a mountaintop, but it's barren. The harvest is in the valleys. That's where yeah. all the trees, I mean, I'm, you know, lived in Colorado, so it's like the valleys are where all the harvests are and the trees are. That's where you find out who you are, where your strengths are. You find out who God is. And so um, for me, it was just kind of welcoming. It's it's a kind of fr- uh, a surrender to like, there's going to be more valleys, yeah. but I don't need to be scared of them. It's just God working out, yeah. you know, some Because things. what did you say at the beginning? God is with us. Like yes, that's, exactly. That's what Joseph got saying. God is right. with Joseph. Everywhere right. he went, God was yep. with him. Yep. And he's you, with us. And, and you can trace that through his life. And if we really look at our lives, we can trace it through our lives. That he's just, you know, this is a part of the disciple training. And yeah. um, it's not to hurt or harm us. It's to make us more like Christ. Yeah. Um, sometimes we don't like it, but, you know, there's just so much fruit in those valleys. So I saw a man really being refined and I think that's what you know our lives are are like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to a whole different level but how many of you saw Hunger Games the movie Hunger Games oh yeah so (laughs) if you remember in in the in the movie when the tributes they wanted to move them they would bring disaster so like Mm -hmm. fire would move the tribute to where the and I thought about that with Joseph's story like God allowed him to be in a caravan that took him to Egypt and then and it's these hard things but it's almost like God was moving him to set him up prime so that he could be the ruler over all of Egypt. I love your analogy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mom of four boys. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Turn, turning beauty into ashes, like right. the girly side of it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or from yeah. ashes into beauty. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, back to the comment about um, Joseph weeping, um, I noticed right before what really stuck out to me is right before he went away and wept, he overheard the conversation the brothers were having saying, surely we're being punished because of what we did. So like, to me, it was like these brothers couldn't let go of their guilt from what they had done 20 years ago or, you know, 13 years ago, whatever the time frame was. But I think it almost is to me that why Joseph got emotional about it is because he heard them talking about what they had done to him. And so it was like that seeing the, that they were aware that they had done something harmful right. to him. He needed that. Like he, yeah, he I feel like that's what that. evoked the actual I true genuine emotion exactly. is because they were yeah. kind of owning their wrong right. to him without yeah. owning without it to him. Yeah. Right. They were, so it was genuine. He could tell they right. definitely yes. had remorse over right. what they, because they didn't know it was him. And that could have been the beginning of really the grace that he issued on them afterwards because it probably released unforgiveness for yeah. him. To see, like, you know, because he had to be wondering for right. all those years and then carrying that unforgiveness. But in that instant, I think he saw, like, they do feel wrong for what they did. And, you know, he's extracting, he's actually testing him to extract that conviction and to get them to yeah. repent right. in that whole thing. I love that you wow. saw into that. Because I, I, I remember reading that. I remember thinking that was good. But that is the part where he got to see their heart. Mm-hmm. And probably for all those years, going back to what you said, Ashley, what, he wouldn't have been ready at 18 no. or at... Or they might they not might have not had it that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Them a long time. Really yeah. They were really hungry. They were really hungry. That's they right. Yeah. 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 That was so good. So good. Man will do a lot when they're really hungry. <laughs> yeah. A lot of feel. Esau gave away his birthright. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So... A question I had, I've been pondering this, is like when we're in groups, mm-hmm. there are themes that are 
the people we're traveling with are taking away. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to be thinking about that because my husband gave me an aha that I would have totally missed. He was talking about um, Potiphar and Potiphar's wife and then Joseph. Do you remember this? I, do. I think I shared this and with you. And it was brilliant. Yeah. And so I was so focused on Potiphar's wife and how I just couldn't believe that a wife would behave this way. And, you know, maybe that was a little dramatic as I'm saying that to you, but I just remember thinking I was so focused on her. And Scott got up one morning and we're sitting over coffee and he's like, you know what I can't think about is why isn't Potiphar being a better husband? He's not home. He's leaving her alone all the time. She's lonely. He wasn't justifying her behavior, but it was that place. And so how God spoke to him was he's like, I want to make sure that my priority is my home and my, my wife, which I love that. And then my kids, and he's modeled that for years and years and years. And it's putting that, and I want to be the same thing as a wife. I want to make sure I'm pouring back in and we're making each other a priority because when we don't, those things sneak in. Mm-hmm. How about you, Marge? Well, you said the word ponder and I really did like that. I liked thinking of pondering um, and just, you know, he, that was a word that I defined, but, um, and I think it was actually when Jacob was pondering the dreams that that word came up. But, you know, I really feel like this, the last few years have been a pondering season for me. And, um, and just thinking of Joseph, like all that time that he was in jail, all that time where he's wondering, I mean, you can't say he was you know, stoic the whole way through. There had to been times of like, why, yeah. what, what's going on? But he had to wrestle with the Lord. I'm sure he, mm-hmm. some, he had to talk himself into having that faith because that was what you needed to have um, to get through it. But um, he wrestled within relationship with God, though, not apart from God. Right. Like we wrestle right. with those we, we love. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I, use, I say that all the time. I'm like, I need to wrestle this out with God. Yeah. Because if there's unrest, you know, mm-hmm. I need to either repent or I just need to understand. And so the pondering has been sort of a magical word for me because I feel like it's really been the game changer in my life. You know, I think sometimes we, you know, in the mom years and the family years, we're, we're overbooking, we're scheduling, and yet, you know, that's that's not enough time to like really like have the quiet time and you know and you know even you Ashley without you knowing it you've ministered to me and friends that I have with their quiet time I remember she's like I'm up at 5 30 in the morning and I'm like I want to do that I'm right. a morning person I'm not a night owl <laughs> and I'm a night owl but I love like just people in my life have, you've ministered to me and you didn't even know it but for the the anchoring in the word and to be able to ponder and to talk to God and to wrestle and to, and it's okay to wrestle. It's okay because what he's allowing us to do is have these conversations with him, which I think the Lord eventually can be that constant conversation that can guide us. And that's that's what I desire. Which is so exciting thinking towards our future study of doing freedom workshop because it really, because Joseph could have, entertained those thoughts in his head those foxes and it would have been him talking with himself or you know pretend conversations with his brothers like how often do we do those things hypothetical this is the scenario but if his audience was definitely the lord and his relationship there and how different it is when our conversations are with ourselves or with hypotheticals this is how i think it should go you know, whatever rehearsed conversations we're having versus we need to stop like talking to the pondering with the Lord so is right. so much 
more fruitful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that are listening right now, we are getting ready to do, it's called the Freedom Workshop and it's a Freedom Conference. We're having it on January 14th and we invite, it's for men and women. And if you want to bring your children that are uh, 14 and up, they have to be with a parent as they're coming. It is a life changing workshop. My dear friend, Debbie Friley is coming. And if you've never heard this message, she talks about how to take, she teaches us practically and spiritually how to take thoughts captive. And the verse, you're going to hear us say things like voices and foxes, which kind of sounds weird if you don't know the context. Song of Solomon 2.15 says, quick, catch all those little foxes before they steal the fruit of your vineyard. And the foxes are those voices. It's, it's, um, and the vineyard is our mind where we start to think we know the motives of other people's hearts. We start to think that we, we start to form our own opinions and it's things that keeps us. It's not the father's voice, but we don't even know we're listening to the wrong one. And so if you're listening tonight and you're thinking, boy, I have wanted to jump in to salt and light. This is going to kick off in January. Um, it's the very first study I ever really dug into as I began learning how to be a self-feeding Christian. And this is a legacy moment for me because I was in my twenties. I think we had two children. I don't, I think Scott was a Christian, but he didn't get saved until nine years after me. And I remember thinking, oh, I would love for him to do this workshop. And so he and my boys are going to be here and they're going to be able to sit through this workshop all these years later. The baby I was pregnant with is going to open us in prayer. He's 22 years old and he's a junior at Moody Bible College. Like God has just done this amazing work. It just, so come join us for that. I'm going to do it and I already have done it. I know you can't. Yeah, I've done it three yeah. times yeah. and I'm you doing can. it again. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So let's do a quick wrap up as we go around. And I just want you to close. If you were talking to somebody who's listening tonight, what encouragement would you give them that you've learned through reading from the word? Like what has encouraged your heart? Through this particular study, I would say definitely if you're in a valley right now, if you are wondering why or uh, just, you know, maybe sinking too much into self-pity, you know, my advice would be to get in the Word because that, if you want to hear the Lord speak, there's a saying, if you want to hear the Lord speak, read the Word. If you want to hear Him speak audibly, read it out loud because that's where you're going to find the encouragement, the peace, um, and that would be probably be your first line of defense. But the second is just to hold on to that hope. He is working good. Yeah. If you are a believer authentically, he is working good, and that you will see that later. But for now, to not sink into the black hole of self-pity, because that is a deadly sin, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It turns into rage and bitter, and I've been in those valleys, and it's just much better to just hang on tight to Daddy and listen to him and be encouraged and yeah. you know let your master work in you. So. I love that you shared that. That was probably a big takeaway from all of our groups. They were talking about how God works in the mess. And the messiness yes. was Joseph thought it was going to be, look, you're going to bow down to me. Right. He but didn't know now. what he was going to have to walk through yeah. for it to go. And then we look at the Israelites. Have you ever seen the actual map that the Israelites took in the desert? Like they could have gone from point A to point B in a year, but they were there for 40 years. But that 40 years was the most important part because it was the relationship and the wrestling until they made it to the promised land. All right, Ashley, how about you? I think my biggest encouragement, and it comes not just from like the study and places and valleys that I've been in life, um, 
and, and dealing with new teenagers too who are at a new school, but listening to the moms in my group, isolation yeah. is, is dangerous. Um, and, you know, it's easy, especially coming out of COVID. Um, I think it's slow for people to jump into groups and communities again, but um, it's, it's so valuable to have, um, first and foremost, that conversation with the Lord speaking life into you, but those other believers in the community um, of believers around you has been the biggest encouragement. Um, and I think, not that Joseph was isolated, he had the Lord, and I think the Lord can take us to unbelievable places yeah. when we only have him to depend on. Um, so. I guess don't confuse the two that I'm saying, you know, that community, but, um, but I know, I know that there's a lot of loneliness out there. And so finding your heavenly father, allowing him to be your best friend and and pouring into a study is, is so, so. Yeah. We really, I know we say this all the time, but we really are better together and isolation will lead to annihilation. We have to be so careful. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, for me, God's word is proven over and over again to be alive and active. And so it doesn't matter how many times you've read the same thing or if you've never read it. And it doesn't matter that you've got, you know, seven other people in your group that are reading the exact same three verses. God will speak to you where you're at, um, regardless of what your circumstances are. And I think um, the being in small group is where I feel like my faith is built most because I see God speaking individually to where different people are at at different points with the same scripture. And so, I mean, it's the only book that is alive and active. And so I think, um, yeah, I would just encourage you to jump in wherever because whatever the study is, it really doesn't matter what scripture you're studying if you're studying scripture Mm -hmm. because God will use it for where you're at. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much, Kim and Ashley and Marjorie for being here tonight. And thank you audience for coming and for being a part of this. It's so encouraging that we get to walk together on this journey. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.